This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 37, recorded Tuesday, March 5th, 2013. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast, along with Vigo and Hammy. I am your host, Jupiter. Uh, boys, it was a Jekyll and Hyde weekend for the Gophers against the Denver Pioneers. Friday night, god-awful. Get shut out for the first time in a long time. Saturday night came out much tougher, but it was a similar game. It was close, and then they blew him away in the third. Hammy, what are your thoughts? This is a Jekyll and Hyde. This is not good at this time of year, but at least Saturday they showed they could still play. Yeah, I mean, I honestly wasn't surprised by the the series result. I mean, I think I went with the split, but uh, I did, certainly didn't expect to see them play quite as uh, poorly as they did on Friday. I mean, that was, I mean, even Lucia was obviously pretty up in arms about it. And uh, I, I just thought that they played really soft. They didn't seem to really go to the net very hard. And I just thought the overall just, you know, the attitude they took into the game, it just didn't seem like they were there. And uh Fortunately, they did, uh, you know, rebound and come back uh, pretty strong. I like the way that they played on Saturday, of course, and hopefully, the, you know, they'll learn a lesson from that because I think that's how they're going to have to win games is to play that Ray. Well, one thing that just kind of frustrated me, and it showed by looking at the shot charts, is that Friday night they just had nothing out in front. I mean, literally that whole area in the slot, no quality chances for. They're all from way outside or the edge or anything like that. What was the deal, Vigo? Did you see that? It was horrible to watch. Well, I think the big thing I noticed on Friday night was just the compete level was the lowest I've seen out of that squad probably all season. They'd be in the defensive zone, and guys just didn't look like they were interested in going to win a 50-50 battle. Then the offensive zone, no one looked like they wanted to go in the hard areas of the rink. Uh, it It was hard to watch, and... I'm glad they snapped out of it on Saturday. You just kind of worry how easily it is for them to flip the switch from one to the other. But um, they played better on Saturday. I, I didn't think the first two periods were bad. You know, if they would have gone out and lost on Saturday, you know, it would have been disappointing to give away the points. But but they played better, uh, regardless of whether or not they had the big third period. And that's one positive we have. It seems like, you know, because of their non-conference schedule, because of what they did earlier in the year, it's pretty much looking like they're going to have a number one seed, you know, at one of the regions. So it, I, I don't see any way they lose that. But still, uh, they they had a great chance to get tied up with St. Cloud State. They couldn't quite do it. And now they're going to need a little help this weekend if they want to win the McNaughton. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the disappointing thing for me uh, certainly was just the fact that they weren't really going to the net hard that night. I mean, you know, teams, they know with us that, you know, they, they have to clog the middle of the rink. And uh, I just feel like that it wasn't, uh, you know, they didn't want to seem to challenge them and go to the middle, of, you know, go to the slot and go around the blue paint and really uh, challenge them. So that that was the frustrating thing for me on that Friday night, and then and then the other thing is they just had so many shots blocked all weekend, yes. which was an yep. amazing thing. In both games in the third period, you started to see guys change the angle a little bit, or you know put the slap shot uh, in the bag and just go the wrist shot and get pucks to the net. But that was the most disappointing thing on the weekend is just see so many shots blocked. And that's just something that shouldn't happen. You know, Mike Riley and Nate Schmidt do a good job of working in the middle to get pucks to the net. Um, but the rest of the guys really were struggling. 
Well, we move on to Saturday, and obviously you can tell right away the compete level was much higher. I mean, they did get down, obviously, uh, in the game, but I, I didn't have the big concern like I did Friday night. They, they, they were playing much better. They were getting much better quality chances in front of the goalie. Um, the getting shots through, it was just, I thought it was just a matter of time until they started playing pretty well. And obviously, I threw on the jersey in the second period. We get the goal. We score five straight. I'm going to take uh, credit for the wins on Saturday, and it's my fault they lost on Friday. Well, as much as I'd like to give you credit, come on, you know, for me, coincidence? I think not. I I actually was a little. I don't want to say I was. You know, sometimes you have those weekends where, even when you're playing well, things just don't seem to be bouncing right for you. And when they got out to that early lead, I started to get a little concerned, you know. And then, of course. We got the fortunate break that, you know, they disallowed that goal, which, you know, I thought was, a, you know, a pretty good call. But nonetheless, you know, that's not always a call that the refs overturn. And so, you know, if that had been, if that had happened, I mean, it was not looking, you know, it would not have been looking good. And, and uh, especially with how frustrating the night before was, you just start to wonder if the players are going to get, you know, frustrated and start taking bad penalties and things like that. So, you fortunately, know, it turned out all right. You know, I thought that, that you know, no goal call was a pretty fortunate thing. Uh, I don't know if there was enough evidence there for them to reverse it. So it was definitely a break that that went their way, huh, Viggs? Yeah, I didn't see too many good replays of it because he was so far out from the yep, net. And exactly. It was just you know, there was no point of reference. You know, he was a pretty tall guy. I think he was a six three um, guy for them. So he's pretty tall as is. So four feet isn't very far off the ice to a guy like that. So I, I do think they got the benefit of the calls on Saturday. Uh, there's the icing that uh, was not yes. called yes. on the, on the hall goal. goal. So, hey, but they, we, they we saw Hall get a goal, and it was a nice goal from Hall. and uh, It was kind of nice. He didn't really celebrate too much either. Just taking care of business. Taking care of business, exactly right. Oh, boy. Here we go. Question from Eric Jordan. Could the women's team beat the Wild tonight? Oh, somebody's not happy with the Wild. I told everybody to start drinking. You'll forget about I, it. <laughs> what was it? Still, last time I saw it was four to one. Is it worse yet? Uh, it's still four to one. Oh, boy. Yeah, I saw that happening. I just thought it was funny. Somebody started tweeting about it. All right. Well, like I said, uh, Hall finally got rewarded this weekend with a with a nice top shelf goal. Um, what other positives did you guys see this weekend? Well, I mean, I think, like I said, I mean, the thing that I really liked on Saturday was the fact that they seemed to really be willing to pay a price. I mean, you know, bootish around the net. I mean, we have some good size up front, and, you know, frankly, that's, to me, what we're going to have to see more of as we get into the playoffs is we have to have our bigger players kind of camping out around that blue paint and, and be willing to take, you know, some beating, some of a beating and, and you know, score some goals. I mean, that... To me, that was kind of the tone setter once we tied that game because it was like they played gritty. It was, you know, they were fighting around the net and they finally popped one in there. And it just kind of seemed like that, um, you know, started to develop a mentality throughout the lineup. So that's the one thing that I really took out of it. Hopefully they'll learn a lesson from that. And and I think that that's exactly what they're going to have to do this coming weekend because Bemidji is certainly not going to want to – play wide open they're going to try to do the same kind of stuff clog the middle and you know kind of camp out you know close down by the net and not give us many good shooting lanes and you're going to have to play that way to beat teams in the playoffs 
what, what positives do you see on this weekend, Vegas? Well, I do think we started to see the power plays figure out how to attack a, a 1-3 penalty kill a little bit <laughs> in the third period. It was uh, bad for a while there. Yeah, all, it, all it took weekend. them eight tries before they get, popped one in on the weekend. And, yeah, and on Friday hit. night, they were outshot 8-2 to two on their own power play. Yeah, the two shots on Friday was pretty ridiculous. But, you know, they were trying different things. They were just trying to skate in the zone. They were trying to chip it deep. And um, I asked Bukestad after the game what they were doing differently, and he said that they were trying to slow it down through the neutral zone and let the defenders kind of take themselves out of position and then get in the zone and set up under control on mm-hmm. the flanks. And, you know, if they can figure out a couple different ways to gain the zone on the power play, as you can see, when they do get set up, they are pretty tough on the man advantage in that Bukestad goal. And he, he is just camping out in that spot and making a name for himself there. And another thing about that Bukestad goal, too, it was nice to see him kind of get back into it because he had done nothing for a, quite a few games. But the passing on that play, you know, up high, down low, back up to Howla, and, you know, I think everyone right there in front of him thought Howla was going to shoot. And he just, just that little hesitation over to Bukestad, and, boy, that was one of the more pretty – plays that I've seen this year. Yes, we're speechless. No, no. Vigo, you enjoy George Gwazdecki after the games and whatnot. Uh, did you hear anything interesting after the Saturday night game? You know, I didn't. I think it was his ploy to avoid the Minnesota media because he goes and he does the DU radio right after the game. And then when he came back down, uh, Coach Lucio was already holding court. So I, I miss him. Uh, I hope I get to see him at the Final Five. He's always entertaining when he when he speaks his mind. He definitely is. You know, a lot of people um, are not fans of his. Uh, they think he's kind of smug. They don't like the way he dresses. But when you do see him in that type of atmosphere when he's addressing the guys, he does come off as likable. Well, he's got a very commanding presence. Yeah. And he's not – arrogant he's just confident yes uh, I, I think certain coaches when they when they start you know holding court they act cocky arrogant you know what do you know but guaz comes across as a, a very well-spoken guy who knows what he's talking about and is just as confident about it see i would have never have known that you know by seeing him you know when we see him on tv and other types of things it's just when you see him and behind the scenes thing you're like oh geez he's he doesn't really come off as bad as you thought he did I mean, that's one thing I've learned in the few years uh, I've been following him. Uh, he probably just wanted to, he wanted to talk to that douche Mike Chambers of the Denver Post. That's all he wants to talk about. That's, seriously, I can't stand that guy. I just wanted to throw that rip in because I can't handle that. Thing. Oh, the Chambers guy? Yeah. Probably. He's 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 the one that goes around like a tough guy hitting uh, SIDs and, and, you know, like he's a tough guy. Okay, is he dark-haired by early 40s? I, I don't know. I don't know what his age or anything. You know, I, I think he's, I know he's the one that, He's the one that popped, uh, you know, one of our former uh, SIDs. Really? Yeah, many years ago. That was during, uh, I think that was about 10 years ago or so. Yeah, there is one guy who does show up from the Denver Post to the Final Five. and That's I, him. Yeah, it must be him. It's got to be him. All right, boys. Well, it was definitely uh, an interesting weekend in the rest of the WCHA. Um, let's start off with the definitely resurgent Wisconsin Badgers 
And it, what's funny is that obviously uh, they they swept your favorite team, Hammy, in Nebraska Omaha. But uh, don't look now, but there is a way for them to tie for the league title if if everything comes together. Um, what's going on with the Badgers, Hammy? They're right back in it. They're not far off after a terrible start to the season. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I they, don't know. Hey, what that they says keep winning. Them. They're winning. And, uh, I mean, what, they're 31 points now, and they're right there. Well, I mean, I think it's partly the parity of the league this year. I mean, it's even more so than usual. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I don't think that, you know, that even the best teams they've had their you know, their weekends where they just haven't played up snuff. So I think that's a part of it. You know, I don't, you know, when you're throwing 10 goals on a team and you're as offensively challenged as Wisconsin is, I think that says probably a little more about the other team than it does about Wisconsin. And I'm not trying to, you know, take away, they swept the series. That's great. You know, and certainly I'll be pulling for them this weekend to, you know, win at least one game, if not both. And so, um, but uh, you know, I think that a lot of it was is just the fact if you've looked, I mentioned this on GPL, G, you know, Dean Blaze's teams the last three years have pretty much sucked down the stretch, you know, and yes. that guy get, he gets a lot of hype for having his teams ready. But frankly, I think it's a little bit more of a reputation thing than it is reality now um, because they were brutal last year. They were pretty iffy the year before and they've not been good this year and down the stretch. So. Nebraska Omaha is definitely hanging on by a thread. I mean, they're right now they're in sixth place with Denver one point behind them, but this weekend they've got probably a tougher matchup in going to Duluth compared to Denver heading uh, – who are they playing? Oh, they have Anchorage at home. So it's looking like uh, – Nebraska Omaha is looking like the odd team out. What do you think, Vs? Yeah, it's uh, kind of two teams just headed in opposite directions. Yep. Uh, I, I thought Omaha was going to be able to hold on and maybe sneak their way into the tournament. And just the way they continue to play weekend after weekend, that's uh, pretty far-fetched at this point. And at the same point, Wisconsin, they're finding their groove. I mean, they, they played a good, tough uh, game against Minnesota at Soldier Field, and they've carried it on. Uh, they might have uh, let one go with Penn State, but in the big picture – we don't really care about that. All we care about is how they're playing when they uh, take on St. Cloud this weekend. Well, we don't care about that, but I'm guessing they certainly care about that because their pairwise took a huge dive when they lost that game, and they don't have much time to make it up. So. Well, they're, they're playing St. Cloud, who's 10th who's in the pairwise yeah. this weekend. So, you know, if they have a good showing and, and get into the WCHA tournament with home ice, you know, they might be able to help themselves out a little bit. All right, we've got North Dakota and Bemidji State. You know, North Dakota takes the game Friday night, 4-2, to two, and then uh, ties Saturday night. Uh, Hammy, um, is Bemidji playing that well? I mean, to tie the Sioux, or is the Sioux a one-line team? Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where on any given night, you just never know what you're going to get. I don't think it's necessarily – you know, that the Sioux aren't good and that Bemidji's playing better necessarily. I just think it's one of those things where they had a pretty good game plan and obviously executed it pretty well on, on Saturday night. And certainly that was a big game from a gopher perspective because it pretty much puts us in control, you know, of our own destiny, you know, yep. at least in terms of, you know, you know, a top two spot. And, and uh, 
you know, so you got to like, uh, you know, what we have in, in that kind of a result. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not there. I didn't see the game. I don't know if it's one of those kind of senior night, you know, things where the emotions and all that kind of stuff play a part. And, you know, we've seen that happen before where you have those ceremonial things and it sort of takes out the emotion to some degree in a team. But um, I, I just think that it's probably a game plan that worked well for Bemidji. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that we're going to probably have to deal with this coming weekend and we'll have to see how well that we handle it. What do you think, Vigo? Well, I mean, you look at both games and North Dakota had shot advantages that were pretty sizable in both games. And, you know, sometimes your players just don't finish. And, you know, it wasn't as if uh, Bemidji went out and dominated the game. It's, it's probably more... You know, North Dakota just wasn't able to put enough pucks on that. You know, the one thing I did notice about the series is that, you know, North Dakota only had, what, one power play the first night, and I think only like two or three, I think three the second night. So, I mean, Bemidji obviously didn't want to, you know, get themselves down in a, in a hole. So certainly they're, I would imagine that's going to be the kind of style we're going to see this weekend where they're going to be careful about taking penalties, especially against our power play. All right. St. Cloud splits with Michigan Tech. Look good Friday night. Saturday night, they get blown out. Vigo, what happened there? Uh, just an amazing performance by Michigan Tech and, and maybe uh, not so great of a performance by St. Cloud goaltending. Uh, my uh, sources were telling me uh, he was playing a little deep in the net and, and just giving the Huskies plenty of net to shoot at. But uh, a surprising result. I thought that would be um, an easy series for St. Cloud. Tammy? And you you kind of have to wonder if, you know, and, I, and I'm as guilty of this event as anybody, but, you know, after them winning Friday night and, you know, we lost and, you know, it kind of looked like it was pretty much all but over as far as the league title goes. And, That's right. You know, I don't know. I mean, I saw that the Friday night they re- they gave up three goals in the third period and 22 shots, and it just looks like that just carried over right into Saturday. You know, they got three goals in the first period, and, uh, you know, you get down in a hole that early. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm starting to wonder, you know, what we're going to get out of St. Cloud because it just seems like in the key games that they really, really have to have, you know, to really stretch themselves into a, a big lead, they somehow falter. Or they do just enough, you know, not that they played badly, but they've just done enough to keep everybody else in it, so to speak. And you're gonna, it'll be interesting to see how they respond this weekend on the road, you know, against a team that obviously we talked about played well this last weekend and have a lot to, uh, you know, have a lot to fight for in their own right. So it'll be interesting. Could it be the beginning of a very late season swoon for the Huskies? I, I don't know, but I, I'll say this: if they've they, been known for it. If they blow this one, it'll go down as one of it, you know the all-time worst for them, and that's saying something considering you know they've had plenty of swoons over the years. I mean, usually their swoon starts a little sooner than this, but uh, it would be an epic collapse. I mean, huh. they were in the driver's seat. There's no doubt about it. But now they have to go to Wisconsin. With obviously Wisconsin playing much better, though they won't be playing on their home ice. They'll be being at the old Dane County this weekend. Um, obviously, we're big Badger fans this weekend, but uh, it just goes to show that uh, St. Cloud just never disappoints when it comes to a swoon. Let's hopefully, let's, let's just keep on, keep on swooning, St. Cloud. We would love to see it. 
CC and Minnesota State split Vigo. Um, obviously, the, I think the Friday night game it was uh, it was a little close, and then CC pulled away Saturday night. All Minnesota State. Well, I think uh, Minnesota State was uh, taking advantage of the power play a little bit. I was looking at the box where I obviously didn't see much of the game. I just saw a few highlights, but uh, I think they had 13 power plays on Saturday, Ooh. which just is that's a that's a way to just throw away a game. You know, Minnesota goes 0 for 5 on the power play. You know, that's too bad, but it'd be tough to go 0 for 13. So they, they pretty much gave away that game on Saturday. What do you think, uh, Hammy? Well, I mean, it doesn't help when you're taking what I think they took at least two majors in that game, uh, CC did. Oh, and, you know, so, I mean, that's obviously going to play a role in it. You're losing two guys and, you know, putting yourselves down for, you know, a decent chunk of the game and that part alone. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, if you're going to play any team, I mean, it's not like Mankato's been a juggernaut on offense, but they're talented enough where they'll take advantage of that if you give them that many opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised, you know, it's, CC has been so up and down that, you know, that I guess you can't be too shocked by anything with them, but uh, a little surprised I got blown out that badly on home ice. Well, boys, uh, we have one week to go. St. Cloud's at first with 35. Minnesota and North Dakota, 33. Minnesota State and Wisconsin, 31. Nebraska, Omaha, 30. And Denver with 29. Only St. Cloud has mathematically uh, achieved home ice. The rest I of it, I thought I read online that uh, North Dakota has too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's some tiebreakers with with Denver or you know one of the teams in the middle of the pack. I don't know what the, I don't remember all the that's details. Possible, but but yeah, if they they might that might be the case because of the Denver thing. But and, and it, Minnesota it, would have to lose by I think about ten goals this weekend, and Denver would have to win by ten goals this weekend to account for their tiebreaker as well. Yes, uh, I had a, a nice sheet that uh, Frank Mazzacco sent me that showed me all the head-to-head uh, comparisons. And uh, right now, you know, if St. Cloud, obviously they could, if they win out, they're going to win the, the cup. But uh, another thing they do have is they've got a ton of head-to-head uh, victories over Minnesota, uh, North Dakota. Um, they also win the tiebreaker with Mankato, uh, UNO, Denver. I mean, they've got everything except for Wisconsin, who they play this weekend. So, you know, if the swoon is going to happen, it's going to happen. But uh, St. Cloud is still in pretty good shape when it comes to getting the over number one overall seed. Well, I mean, you know, it really depends. That it's, I mean, when you're only two points up, you know, on a couple teams, and you're on the road, you know, I mean, I wouldn't feel too comfortable even with the tiebreakers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, they're certainly going to have to earn something because I suspect that at least. You know, the Gophers and North Dakota, I expect to at least get two points out of this upcoming weekend. So they're going to have to still, you know, do something on the road in Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, we were looking at this after the game Saturday night on Twitter. We were talking about this, that, you know, we have the potential of having four teams tie for the McNaughton Cup. I mean, obviously, then you'd go through all the tiebreakers. but And it would either be, you know, St. Cloud, Minnesota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin – or not Wisconsin, uh, or something like that. But we have yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was Wisconsin, and uh, or St. Cloud, Minnesota, North uh, Minnesota State, and Wisconsin. 
Uh, I would love to see it just to see if, if the WCHA can do math and sort it out. But uh, I don't recall a, a race ever being this close with the final weekend coming up. I mean, do you guys recall any weekend or any uh, final uh, standings this close at the end of the season? I definitely uh, can't. <laughs> yeah, not not in terms of this many teams. I mean, certainly we've had co-champions in the league, but uh, not to that level. Not when you have that many teams in such a close proximity point-wise to the top. I mean, a very likely scenario is just having, you know, three teams win the McNaughton. I mean, you know, with Minnesota North Dakota tied right now, um, you know, both teams could sweep this weekend. You know, St. Cloud could split. I mean, a very easy scenario is having three teams win a share of the title. And I don't even remember three teams winning. Obviously, we've seen ties, but I don't even recall three. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think that that's ever happened. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. Quite a few interesting matchups. Uh Let's start up with a less interesting matchup, guys. Uh, CC at Michigan Tech. Um, CC is, you know, a, I'm not sure if they can quite make it to seventh place, but they're in eighth place, but they could could lose eighth place. Um, what do you think, Vigo? CC at Michigan Tech. I see a split here coming out. Um, Tech's been playing okay and and cc who knows what you're going to get with them yep. and uh if if saturday's any indication of where their head's at you know taking that many penalties uh they're they're going to drop at least one game if not more so I, i'm i'm thinking i split out of that one though what do you think hammy yeah that's that's pretty much how i would go with it i think that you know i'm Tech is obviously going to have some momentum after how they played in St. Cloud this last weekend, and you really have to wonder, you know, how that uh, Colorado College is going to bounce back. I mean, and they, you know, they're they're not playing for anything real significant. They're going to be on the road one way or the other. It's just a matter of seeding, and uh, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I but I would probably go with a split on that one. Nebraska Omaha finishes up at Duluth this weekend, and obviously Nebraska Omaha has been falling like a rock. But they are still the sixth team right now. And with, you know, with St. Cloud and Wisconsin playing against each other and, and, and Mankato and North Dakota, they still have room to move up. So it's still a big weekend for them. Uh, but will they perform, Hammy? Or is it just another down-the-tube season for Dean Blaze and the Nebraska-Omaha Mavericks? Uh, personally, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be a sweep for Duluth. Ooh, okay. I just. I don't feel like. I mean, you know, it won't shock me, of course, if UNO gets some points on the weekend. But I just think that, uh, you know, the way that UNO has been playing the last few years, you know, down the stretch, and uh, you know, I think that uh, Duluth has played pretty solid hockey. They played pretty well against the Gophers, and they obviously had a relatively easy series last weekend, but. Uh, you know, and they'll be on home ice, and I just think that they'll get enough offense, and UNO's goaltending is bad enough that I think that, you know, they'll find a way to win both nights. Viggs, Omaha and Duluth. You know, here I thought I was going to be surprising when I picked my Bulldog sweep, and then Hammy just beats me to the punch. <laughs> after, after seeing Duluth play, you know, and the way that they get pucks on net and the way UNO goaltending has been lately, it's hard not to pick them to sweep. Hmm. More swooning for the Nebraska Omaha Mavericks. What a shame. By the, by the way, there's never been a three-way tie for the 
the cup. Really? Uh, looks like there's been, let's see, one, two, three, four, five different times where it's been a tie for the co-champion. Yep. So. Well, that would be interesting. You know, obviously, if, if Minnesota was one of them, it looks like they would get the number two overall seed, but... Uh... I think things are going to be a little different this weekend, and things are not going to be as jumbled as they are right now. So, North Dakota heads to Minnesota State, Hammy. Uh, in the past, uh, North Dakota has never always – I think they've kind of struggled Minnesota State, especially on the road. I mean, they've, they've had some interesting uh, games down there, and even in the you know within the last 10 years, they've had interesting games in the WCHA playoffs where they've – you know, Mankato, which was terrible, would take them to three games. Now Mankato is pretty darn good, and it's going to be awfully difficult for North Dakota to come out of there with any points. Yeah, I really think this is going to be a heck of a series. Uh, I think that you know um, the Mavs are going to have a lot to prove. I think uh, they have the kind of goaltending that can stand up to yep. what North can, North Dakota can throw at them, and um, I think that you know they're pl- probably playing with a pretty good amount of confidence and. Um, I, I don't think that this is going to be an easy series for North Dakota at all, and I, I believe that uh, this is more than likely going to come out as a split. Biggs, what do you think? The man, yeah, this I think this is, is Mankato's time to shine. If they pull, if they pull is, off a sweep, holy cow, they, they are entering the WCHA playoffs with a lot of steam. I do think this is a series where Minnesota State can shine, and uh, I think you'll see a little bit of a goaltending differential. North Dakota still... You know, trying to figure out who their top guy is, and uh, it's uh, no doubt in Mankato that uh, Stefan Williams is their guy, and uh, I I think they get three points this weekend. I really think uh, the Purple Mavs have been playing well, and, and North Dakota has been up and down a little bit, and uh, good chance for uh, Mankato to to secure like a two seed in the NCAA's. Well, it's my alma mater, so I'm rooting for them a little bit this weekend. God, it would be nice to see them. Yeah, because you've been so loyal to them. I know, totally. (laughs) All right, Anchorage heads to Denver for a Friday-Sunday series, Hammy. Uh, Does Anchorage have anything left? Two wins wins on the year. Obviously, they can play teams tough on, you know, Saturday nights, you know, when there's a full moon. But uh, it's – they're just done. Yeah, I don't think that there's any doubt that this is, uh, you know, one of those series that it's pretty much a given that you call it a sweep, and if anything other than that happens, you're just surprised by it. Biggs? Yeah, I think uh, the one interesting thing uh, to look at is if Denver plays with 11 forwards because one of their guys injured his shoulder on Saturday night, and they don't have any depth guys there. So that'll be interesting, but... uh, I don't see Anchorage having anything left, and I think Denver moves into the sixth spot in the playoffs. Gets home ice. Hmm, very interesting. Well, the biggest series besides ours for this weekend is obviously St. Cloud heading down to Wisconsin. Uh, go Badgers. That's the last time you'll hear us say that, but uh, it looks to be a good series, Hammy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, storylines to the series. You know, St. Cloud going for their first cup and you know you have uh wisconsin trying to stay relevant in the uh, pairwise and playing at a you know not their normal arena and all that kind of good stuff um so it's definitely gonna be an interesting series i you know it, it's a tough one for me to call i i think my gut 
you know, really tells me that it's probably going to be a split. I think that uh, St. Cloud will do enough to at least come out of it, you know that series as a co-champion of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's naturally, of course, I want them to get, you know, zero or one point at most, you know, but uh, my gut feeling tells me that they'll come out of it with at least two points and, and be a co-champion of the league. Okay, Viggs, what do you got? I've got a split coming from uh, the Coliseum. Uh, I think Wisconsin has been playing some pretty good hockey the last couple of weeks and shown that they can play game. Uh, St. Cloud has struggled a little bit in those tight games. Um, I don't know if they quite have the mentality to, to play a patient game. I think that's uh, going to go in Wisconsin's favor. Now, is the uh, is this rink is this an NHL size rink? You guys know that, that's my understanding. Smaller ice so, sheet, and that's and they sell beer there. Yeah, so I mean that that's definitely going to be you know something that plays to Wisconsin's advantage, and uh, it'll be interesting. You know, will the ice think? be crappy? Yeah, well, if the if they if St. Cloud loses that Friday game, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on them yeah. on Saturday. I mean, yeah. and that'll be interesting to see, you know, how they'll respond to that because especially, you know, you know that Wisconsin, you know, they're going to keep games more often than not. They're going to keep them close. And, you know, we've seen a few times, like I mentioned earlier this year, where St. Cloud has maybe buckled a little bit to some of the pressure of a big game. Um, you know, not that they've never responded to, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if Wisconsin wins that first game, you know, how tight are the grips on the sticks going to be on, you know, St. Cloud's side on Saturday night? Okay, boys. The Gophers have one sweep of a WCHA opponent this year, and that was Anchorage. We're now playing the 11th place team heading up to Bemidji State. Hammy, please tell me we're going to sweep again because this is getting ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'm going to pick a sweep, okay? But I, I think that if the Gophers play like they did Saturday night against Denver, if they have a gritty attitude, play physical around the net, you know, don't just try to pass around the perimeter and look for the open shot because we're not going to get that against a team like Bemidji. They're going to clog the middle, and they're not going to give you a lot of open looks, you know. And, the pro- you know, we saw that they didn't give North Dakota a lot of power plays, so – you're going to have to kind of be gritty and grind it out and, um, you know, play some of that kind of hard-nosed hockey around the net. And if if they if the Gophers do that, I feel pretty good about their chances to sweep that series. So that, that's what I'm going with. I think we have the goaltending, and I think defensively we'll, we'll probably play pretty well. And it's not like Bemidji's a high-scoring club. So if, as long as we play well on the back end, I think that we'll score enough to uh, win two games. Vigo, will they break through for a sweep, or is this just another one of those three- or two-point weekends? Well, they did sweep the 12th-place team, and I think they'll also sweep the 11th-place team. Minnesota is going to have to play better 5-on-5 and get scoring opportunities, and they're going to need goals like that Budish goal. They're going to need goals uh, where they dump in the puck and make something happen quick, like with the Hall goal. Uh, So I I think they know how to do it, and they've, they've won close games before. Uh, they they beat teams like Notre Dame who who play a, tra- a trapping slow game and they they know the playbook to make make something happen in a game like this and I think they will. I'm thinking the Gophers are going to sweep, guys. Shocking, you'd hear that from me. But St. Cloud is also going to get swept, and Gophers are going to win it outright. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first because uh, I, I see North Dakota and uh, Minnesota State splitting. 
It's going to be all ours, guys. Think it positive here. Well, I hope you're right. It wouldn't be too bad. It wouldn't be too bad at all. Um, I mean, obviously, St. Cloud is in the driver's seat. You know, all they have to do is, you know, win one game, and they're going to get at least a share of the title. But uh, I'm thinking it's a major swoon for them. They could be in big trouble. You know, if they get swept this weekend, uh, it won't just knock them down to number two. I mean, it probably knocks them down to number three or number four because they would lose their head-to-head with Wisconsin then. So uh, it could be very interesting, you know, just after Friday night, you know, what the speculation's going to be because if they're tied, if there's a three-way tie, you know, coming into Saturday, uh, it's going to be a crazy night. Well, and the other thing you have to consider is that they're, you know, at the 10 spot in the pairwise, and I don't know, you know, what comparisons they're winning or not winning, so I can't speak intelligently about, you know, you, you can't imagine that, you know, losing two games on – to Wisconsin, who at the moment is down at a twenty spot, uh, is going to exactly put them in the you know might put them in a relatively perilous position going into the uh, playoffs as well as far as pairwise goes. And like you said earlier, you know if they lose Friday night, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on them Saturday night. Uh, Wisconsin's played much better lately. They've they've been building confidence, even though they've been kind of winning ugly at times. Uh, they could be in real trouble here. Well, I mean, I think the thing for me is just. You know, Wisconsin, more often than not, they're not going to give you a lot. And so you're going to, it's going to more than likely be a close game. And so, you know, if you're a team that's not used to that kind of pressure, and I think it's fair to say St. Cloud isn't, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. You know, if they kind of play their normal game or if they start tightening up and, uh, you know, start making mistakes, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, if Wisconsin gets a goal early, I think that's the St. Cloud nightmare where Wisconsin just sits back and kind of a 1-3 or something like that. It, it could be an ugly game for them. Hammy, I want to get your thoughts on Mr. Shea not playing this past Saturday night and uh, Parento kind of taking his spot. Uh, you think that was just uh, maybe a wake-up call for him or are, is it going to be something that happens a little more often now? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. I... I've personally all year long have wanted, you know, that pairing of Schmidt and Parento because I thought it worked so well yes. last year, you know, and, and I, th- I think mm. it gives Schmidt the ability to be aggressive when he needs to be offensively. And uh, you'll have an opportunity there for, um, you know, Parento to just kind of play that solid defense. So there's that kind of, you know, I thought they had really good chemistry last year. So I, yeah, I don't know what the plan is going to be moving forward, obviously, but uh, it, I certainly wouldn't complain if they kept that pairing together much like last year. If they did that, that'd be great for, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Viggs? you think uh, Shea's going to be back in the lineup, or will they put I, Parental back up and forward again? I think part of it was that he Lucia liked the way Hall and Michelson were playing yep. in the energy that they were bringing, and I think that was it more than anything. And Lucia, I think, has gotten away from doing all that kind of mixing and matching with the extra D or the extra two forwards and throwing guys around um, because he's wanted to play four lines uh, pretty much his entire career, and I think he wanted to get back to that as we get down the stretch. So I, I think we might see Shane Parento um, sharing that spot a little bit here. Okay, boys, is Boyd ever going to get a goal this year? Not kidding. I mean, I mean, not kidding. I mean, 
he's supposed to be a scoring guy. And, uh, you know, I thought he, he played fairly well this weekend. Uh, obviously, you know, he busted his chops down there when there was no icing call and he got to haul and had a good play. But he's been a little snake bit when it comes to being out in front of the net. Well, I mean, the thing I would say is, I mean, first of all, he's people need to remember that he came in young as a, you know, in yeah. college, he was, he was only, I mean, he's not even 20 years old yet. I mean, he's not going to turn 20 until next school year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Until early next school year. So, I mean, he came in very young. He came in as basically a kid that is a high school age, you know, so that, that's going to be a part of it. And I think that he's played his role well. I mean, he's a good solid two way player and, you know, he's provided more offense this year. And I think he's been more noticeable, um, but you know he's—I don't think he's ever going to be one of those guys that's a high-scoring guy. So, you know, he scored a key goal against North Dakota in the playoffs last year. So hopefully he's got a few of those coming up. Uh, but he hasn't scored in. since then. That's the problem. Well, you know, three goals this we year, really, so whatever. Well, we could use somebody like him to really pick it up. You know, those guys that are a little unsung. I mean, it's been a while since he scored, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. I. I'm pretty sure he's the youngest sophomore in college hockey. And he did a great job creating that goal for Saratori uh, last Saturday against Minnesota Duluth. And, and he basically got the goal for, for you know, getting Hall in a scoring opportunity this past weekend. So I think he's he's finding his way on the ice and making things happen and contributing. What did you think of uh, Michelson's uh, play this weekend, guys? He hasn't played. He hasn't played much, but he played the full weekend, and that's not—that's a rarity for him. Well, I've said it time and again. I like him playing wing. I thought he the times he's played wing this year, he's actually done, you know, a pretty solid job. And I think you know he doesn't have to think as much. He can use his speed a lot more. Um, so I, I definitely like that. I think that he'll be probably in the lineup more now. You know, if that's the role that he's going to be, I see, foresee him staying in the lineup and. Uh, Hopefully he'll be contributing a little more offense, but I think he's played pretty well. Yeah, I really like that line of Michelson, uh, Isaacson, and Hall. I thought that was a real good energy line for the Gophers. Uh, those guys make smart plays with the puck, and I think that's a, a line to look forward to down the line as well. Do you guys have any thoughts on Wilcox? Obviously, uh, I thought the goal that we they ended up scoring Friday night you know, was off a of shin, but that initial play was a terrible rebound by him. A lot of people have been saying, hey, we should give him some rest. And, you know, he's played 33 games, guys. Uh, has uh, Lucia run him into the ground a little bit? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I mentioned this last week. He played, you know, what, 45 or so games last year in the USHL. It's a longer season for them. He had, a, you know, a week off, you know, just a month ago. You know, they, they didn't play for a weekend, and so – we're at the stage now where you just basically, hey, you just ride them out. You know, you can't – this series is too important, and, of course, the playoffs and the NCAAs are too important. You know, he's got – you know, after a month, you know, hopefully we'll play to the very last game, you know, so he's going to have plenty of opportunity to rest in about five or six weeks. So I, I, I think you play him out. Yeah, I think Wilcox is so athletic. He, he makes the first save so many times, and on all those breakaways – you know he's so solid back there. I don't see them going any other way at this point. Um, he gives them the best chance to win. So it's kind of pretty much too late. I mean, they maybe should have done that earlier in the season to rest him at times. You think? 
I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't know because simply – I mean, look, it's not like these guys never get a break. I mean, they have a nice long break over the holidays. Um, you know, they, they had another week off. I know – I'm sure that he's – you know, not seeing a ton of reps and practice every practice. You know, I'm sure that there's some, you know, he's probably not seeing as many pucks, you know, during the week. I'm sure they're giving him some break. So I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that he came in and, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of what, you know, Shabrowski could do and it just, um, just wasn't going to be consistent enough. And so, you know, he's locked it down and I feel pretty comfortable riding it out for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I just bring this up because in past years, people have accused Lucia of sticking with a guy maybe a little too long and, and not giving him any breaks. And uh, and I, I distinctly remember that, you know, this happening to Lucia and, you know, people criticized him for it. Um, obviously, Wilcox has done good, but, I, you know, I would hate to see it again, you know, beginning of next season. Maybe I should have rotated somebody else in a little more often. Yeah, I just I just don't see Wilcox giving up very many soft goals. He's giving up some rebounds, but some of those are almost on the defenseman as much as him. You know, he's got to have a clear crease to to cover up those rebounds that drop out, or you know, those sticks got to be tied up. And he's making the first save most of the time for them. You know, and the other thing I would point out is in the past when there was complaints about not shuffling enough of the goalies or whatever, I really felt we had a pretty good goalie competition in those instances. I'm not sure that we could really say that. Nothing against Shabrowski, but I don't think that anybody would say that, you know, oh, yeah, he's just as good as Wilcox. You know what I mean? In the past when we had a, you know, we had a couple goalies that were pretty similar, you know, like a Patterson and a Kangas and whatever. I mean, you know, that I could see the argument a little more, but I just think that this year there's really been no doubt about who's the the guy that you want in, in there and, so I don't really see the same kind of argument this year. Speaking of goalies, Gopher Puck wants to know, uh, Hammy, any word on goalies being recruited by Minnesota? I haven't. I mean, I've heard a little bits and pieces here or there, but I mean, honestly, when you got a freshman goalie starting and, you know, we still have Shabrowski for, you know, next season. I mean, they're probably, my guess, probably won't even recruit one until, you know, sometime maybe next fall. I mean, this is a guess on my part, but, yep. you know, th- there's really no need to really lock anybody down right now when you're still talking, what, uh, f- the fall of 2014 for you're going to need another guy. So it's not like, you know, recruiting forwards where you got to get them, you know, a couple years ahead of time if you want the best ones. You know, with goalies, they tend to get that year or so after high school to prove themselves in the juniors. And then you can kind of make a decision on who you want. And I think that's probably what they'll do here. Okie dokie. Any other things going on in uh, recruiting? It's been a little quiet, hasn't it? Yeah. Just some, you know, visits and stuff, but nothing. Yeah. It's been pretty quiet. I mean, they've, they've, you know, kind of locked up a lot of, I mean, they pretty much finished off for next year and, you know, they've got a lot of things taken care of right now so i don't you know they're having visits and everything but um i don't know of anything particularly eminent right now but you know you never know it's been a while since we had a commitment so for all i know it could be one tomorrow okay final thoughts on this weekend vigo anything uh you want to talk about anything that's going to jump out at you no i just look to see how minnesota plays five on five and if they're able to get the pucks on that as opposed to putting them in the shin pads and, and see if they've learned anything from their experiences the last couple of weekends. Amy, final thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's going to be one of those weekends where it's going to have to, you know, despite what you see in the standings, it's going to be hard fought. And I really think if the guys want to win, you know, at least a share of the league title, they're going to have to go in there with a gritty attitude and not think like, hey, you know, we're just going to skate circles around these guys and play all pretty and that we're just going to win, you know, games you know, five to three or five to two, or, you know, like I really expect that we're probably going to see, you know, maybe our guys at max score four goals up, you know, in a game up there and probably more like three. And so it's going to be one of those kind of grinded out affairs, I think. And we're just going to have to get used. It's going to be like an Anchorage series. I think, you know, we're just going to have to be playing it tight and tough on defense and being gritty on offense and, getting your nose in there around the blue paint and maybe, you know, trying to score some goals kind of ugly. I mean, they definitely are in control of their own destiny. I mean, they uh, if they want that one or two seed, or at least they, if they want that number two seed, they can have it. I mean, no matter what else happens, if they win out, they're guaranteed that number two spot, which I think is important. A one or two spot gets you to Friday night at the final five, and I think that's crucial. crucial. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, that's to me... Now, that's the most important thing this weekend. Yeah, getting to me, the top two spot. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, you want to win, you know, the league title. Yeah. It's always nice to have another banner to hang and whatever. But, um, you know, in terms of the short term stuff, I mean, you certainly, at a minimum, want to come out of that this weekend with the uh, number two seed. Yeah, I think Duluth has been the only team to win three games in a final five setting. So you you want to stay out of that first round if you can. I think North Dakota did it last year, though. Well, they well, did. They might have, but nonetheless, think, it's, it's yeah, pretty rare. Duluth was the first team to do it, but I think North Dakota, at least last year, they did it. You know, after beating us up on Friday night, and then they won their third, you know, final five in a row last year, also too. So, yeah. Well, I mean, even if they have, it's nonetheless, it's not an easy task. You know, especially when you're playing in the second night. You know, like a team that's for sure only played, you know, hasn't played yet. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a tall order. All right, boys, I think we've said all we need to say this weekend or this week. Uh, remember, you can follow Hammy on Twitter at Hammy Hockey and follow Eric on Twitter as well at E Vigo. And, of course, he also writes for <clears throat> Go For Puck Live as well. Next week, we'll be back to recap this uh this whole week that's going to happen. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows where the Gophers going to finish? We'll definitely talk about it. And then we'll talk about, you know, the next week's opponent in the WCHA playoffs. So until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.